Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the RR Show. I am so glad to have you here. This is episode 174. Today, we are jumping into a little bit of petty revenge, and we got a few for you. They're only little, but they are mighty, like firecrackers. So, grab your tea and your popcorn, sit tight, and let's jump in with our first story from u slash Excitor706. Stealing beer for a party I'm not invited to? Ah, <laughs> nah, I don't think so. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Worked at a really, really shitty locally owned grocery store in high school with some high school friends after school. It was super easy to steal from, and everyone mostly just kept it to food items for breaks, i.e., damages. My buddy slash best friend that we'll call Z got me the job, and also his other buddy that we'll call D. D and I never really got along for some reason. He just didn't like me and did his best to drive a wedge between Z and I. It was Friday night and there was a party and D made it clear he was excluding me from all party conversation, plans, hype, etc. I wasn't formally not invited, but formally not included in our usual Friday shenanigans. Anyways, I noticed that he was carting beer out with the trash and hiding it outside so they could pick it up later. So when I caught Z alone in the break room, I asked about the party and whatnot, and he basically said D didn't want me around. So I told Z I saw the beer stash and I was gonna tell my manager. Now I'm no snitch, but I will let D think I am. I went to the manager and just had a friendly chat with her. She was cool, so I just hung out with her and made it appear like I was spilling the beans. I should mention this was about five minutes before we all clocked out. D and Z were freaking out and clocked out ASAP and did not attempt to retrieve the beer. D had apparently hyped up the party that he was bringing beer, and so everyone was upset. I had a laugh and enjoyed having them both afraid they were going to lose their jobs and or face more severe consequences over the weekend. Short and sweet, that's how we like them, straight to the punchline. Our next one is from Rainbow. Guy potentially ruined his life for telling me to kill myself. I work for an IT company that does tech support. We receive calls for help and we try to help. This guy called up asking for help to remove a piece of software that required administrator rights. Pretty standard, nothing special. However, the computer he was requesting help with was his own personal computer. Obviously, we don't have any access or control over random people's computers. I have zero ways I can help him without the admin account, and he said he doesn't know the account. The software was some kind of parental management software that restricts him from doing things. This guy's in his early 20s. I know this because we can see the details of the people that call us on our system. So, kind of hilarious that he still has this software installed. 
Anyway, after I tell him that I can't help him, he ends up telling me that I work for a trash company and that I should kill myself. I don't even respond and he hangs up the phone. Now, obviously, the calls are recorded and I'm not gonna just ignore what just happened. I tell my manager the story. He listens to the phone call. My manager then calls the liaison for the company he called from. They find out that this guy is an intern at the company. He now no longer works for the company. During the call, they decided to get the CEO on the phone and tell him what happened. Shortly after that call, the CEO lets us know that he called the university that this guy is currently going to. The university's now dropped him from all his classes. This guy's now lost his intern job and his placement at university, all because he told me to go kill myself on the phone. Oh, jeez, that is like turbo mega overkill. Dude lost his job and his university placement, all for having a little spat on the phone. I mean, we guys, we should be nicer to each other, but, you know, we all have a bad day. Sometimes, sometimes you just got a little wash, right? I'm pretty sure that guy learned his lesson, though. Holy crap. Our next one is in from Anonymous. Oh, dear God, I just saw the title. Dated my ex's ex. This happened four years ago, and 15-year-old me was an absolute menace to society. I had an ex-boyfriend who was around two years older than me at the time. He was 17, and I was 15. He love-bombed me, told me sappy shit, and of course, what would my 15-year-old brain process? Something absolutely stupid like, Oh wow, this guy actually loves me, I'm gonna be with him forever! I believed in all of that until the friend group both of us were in started telling me he'd been cheating on me. The thing is, we were in a long-distance relationship because I had strict parents and we lived in different cities. However, that never bothered me until people within our friend circle who went to the same school told me that he was cheating on me. In our relationship, he talked a lot of shit about the ex before me and I was dumb enough to hate her until my perfect world crumbled. I was ready to text her, and I did, trying to figure out if he lied about a lot of things, which he did. Let's call her Caro. Caro and I talked whilst I was processing my breakup with the cheetah. After I broke up with my ex, I actually had a thing with Caro, and she liked me, so we decided we'd kiss and send pictures of us kissing to the ex, and make sure our friends group talked about our relationship. We heard that he absolutely bawled after hearing it and cried even harder after seeing the picture. Worth it. Me and Caro still have a good friendship, and we decided to end our relationship because we preferred being friends. We have been really good friends for four years. No idea what's up with our ex now. Our next story is just titled, Maternity Leave Fuckery. Posting on behalf of my wife, who is pregnant with our first, yay. She works in a small office for a family firm. The boss of this firm is around 75, has no other interests outside of it and rules with an iron, liver-spotted fist. She was promoted to her current role around a year ago, having been there for about 11 years in total. Excellent work history, etc. She's one of these people that will work extra hours as she takes pride in her work. At the same time of her promotion, she was repeatedly asked if she planned on having children and if so, how many. A few months later, when she told him she was pregnant, he offered no kind words, only asking how long she would be off for. 
Fast forward a few months, and she decides to have a chat with him about her maternity pay. Will she get the basic minimum or any enhancement? He goes off. He aggressively tells her that this was her decision, that he is incurring costs, and that she is taking the maximum time off for her baby holiday, and she will get the bare minimum. He tells her that until she goes off, she needs to let him know what she is doing each day. She's the head of finance, for fuck's sakes. Obviously, this is pretty upsetting, and a few days later, she's still dreading going into the office. She's had quite a few cries about it. However, there is some good news. Her contract states that she is entitled to 60 days full pay if she's off sick. Going off sick at this stage would have very little impact on her maternity leave slash pay. We're in the UK, and she's at 26 weeks. She goes off sick on Monday, the day her maternity cover is due to start. Fuck the handover. She's spoken to everyone else in the office, except the family. Two have told her they will be handing in their notice before she leaves as they are currently job hunting. The other one updated her CV in office that day. If everyone in the office leaves, I am not sure how the business functions in the short time. The family employed in the business do nothing. More good news. She has quite a lot of information that will be of interest to HMRC. This includes evidence of abuse of the COVID furlough scheme. Big fucking fines for that. She also has a few other grenades to throw around that will interest the tax people. Won't kill the business, but it will be painful. Throw on top of that a case for constructive dismissal and maternity discrimination just for shits and giggles. Oh, and every day the boss goes to the pub for beers and drives home. Anonymous tip to the fuzz incoming. I don't understand why people are mean to their employees. Like, you want them on your side. It makes no sense to me. Just a lot of things in this world don't make a lot of sense to me. Anyway, our next story is from Pepsi Cola. Stats teachers grades unfairly. We prove it. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. A teacher of mine in high school was very proud of her newly acquired master's degree. Not sure why, because several of the teachers had them. 
She showed up that year with a new grading style that basically made it so no one could get an A unless they went above and beyond in unexpected ways. She said that's how college does it, and that's how all of the schools will do it soon. I had made it into the advanced stats class of hers along with only three other underclassmen. She warned us on the first day that the class wasn't intended for anyone under 12th grade and it would be the hardest thing we'd ever done. A few weeks passed and we quickly realized that her complicated grading style was just an excuse to be completely subjective and give her least favorite students bad grades. She would tell us, there's a lot more to your grade than your grade. This allowed her to lower our grade simply because she didn't think we grasped the concepts. We were all doing well on tests and assignments, but our grades kept dropping. For our midterm assignment, we were supposed to do a statistical analysis of something of our choosing. We decided to measure and calculate whether or not soda companies rip you off by the amount of liquid they put in your cans. They don't. We had tons of extra time, so we put together a second project in secret to prove statistically that her assignments were graded mathematically unfairly. So after more work than any of us have ever put towards an assignment and plenty of volunteers willing to offer up their grades to compare, we checked and double-checked our results. I don't remember the exact number, but essentially we were able to prove that our grades were outliers and the data had somewhere around a 96% chance of being biased. We were sent to the principal's office for insubordination, but he was a pretty decent dude. After explaining everything and hearing both sides, he essentially told the teacher that if extra work is needed to earn an A, she can't be mad when we want to do extra relevant work. We definitely had a sense of invincibility until the end of the semester. We quickly realized she wouldn't push her luck trying to shortchange our grades again. Oh man, I love that story. That is awesome. It's just so satisfying. You know, karmic just justice in the world. Sometimes it's just small things like that that really brighten my day. Our next story is from The Real Ritz. Park too close to my driveway during a snowstorm. Enjoy digging out your car. I live in the upper Midwest and as most people that watch the weather know, we have had a significant amount of snowfall starting Thursday and where I am is expected to continue through tomorrow. One of my neighbors, not certain who, otherwise I would have spoken to them, has been parking closer to my driveway than allowed by the ordinance of the city we live in. Ordinance says no closer than three feet of the curb line change. During the summer, no big deal. Sometimes it was difficult to get enough space to get my trash and recycling out of the road and still have room to get out the driveway, but I made it work. Because I know we get large amounts of heavy snow, I put a reflector in the right of way so I know about where a smallish sapling is, so I make sure to not pile up the chunks of road ice, and I figured I would be helpful to people parking on the road and put it at the free foot mark. Friday morning, after over a foot of snow has fallen, I head out to go to work, and this car is well past the free foot mark. In fact, their front tire is past the free foot mark. Another neighbor has parked across the street, and because I have a very narrow street, it makes for a fun time getting my car out. At work, I decide that if I can't figure out who they are, I'll have to report them to get a ticket using my city's online app. 
My day passes and when I get home, the car's not moved. I check the app and nothing's been noted. This morning I get up early because I have to clear all the snow from my sidewalk before someone decides to report it as not cleared. Another city ordinance thing. And lo and behold, they still have not moved. This means the plows can't get near enough to my curb to clear some of the snow, so I'm left with half a street in front of my driveway not cleared of any snow. Well, I want to be able to get out of my driveway without getting stuck, so that snow has to go somewhere, and I am not walking it all around the car to get it into the right of way. So I just shoveled it all right up against the front of the car and the driver's side door of their car. As of right now, there's another car parked behind them, so I don't think they'll be able to get away and get around it. Update. So it still has not moved all day yesterday, so I've reported it as an abandoned vehicle. The police will take their sweet time coming out to do anything about it, but we'll see what happens. Apparently the parking enforcement people came by yesterday and did ticket it. They stuck the ticket on the driver's side mirror, which is pretty ingenious, I think. Next story in from Big Hair Don't Care. I have to pay to print personal stuff at work. So do you, boss. Many years ago, I worked for an organization providing frontline customer service. It was a decent place to work, but our manager had a lot of rules. One of the rules was that we could not do any personal printing with the printers at work. If we did, we were expected to pay 50 cents per page for black and white printing and a dollar per page for full color. I am not sure who made this rule, but the manager was constantly reminding us. Our desks were not assigned, meaning any day you could be sitting at any desk, depending on your assigned tasks for the day. One day I was interviewing for another job within the organization, but at another location. Prior to the interview, the manager of the other location asked me if I'd mind printing a copy of my resume and bringing it with me as their printers were down for the day. I said, sure, no problems, and figured I'd print it at work, since it was literally work-related. I'm sitting at a desk that did not have a printer at it. The closest printer was located between my manager's desk and an employee desk. So I printed it and stood up to go get it. Before I get to the printer, my manager got there first. My print job went ahead of hers. When she saw what I had printed, she said, OP, this looks like a personal print job. I explained it wasn't, but she disagreed and said since it had nothing to do with our day-to-day -day work, I had to pay $2 for four black and white pages. I begrudgingly paid up. I asked her what happened to the money and she said she always put it in the Christmas party fund. Uh, alright. A few weeks later, I was sitting at the desk with the printer at it. It was lunchtime and everyone except my manager agreed to go to a nearby restaurant for lunch. I'd walked out of the building and realized I'd forgotten my wallet, so I quickly ran back in to get it. When I got to my desk, I could hear the printer going. I was curious what was being printed as it was spitting out page after page. I quickly glanced at the pile and saw at least a hundred pages printed in color announcing a sweet 16 for Trista, our manager's daughter. It very obviously belonged to my manager. My manager came out of the bathroom a moment later and seemed shocked to see me standing there. I picked up the pile and passed it to her and told her our Christmas party fund was going to be getting a quick boost. She said nothing, but looked really uncomfortable. A few weeks later, our district manager made his quarterly visit. 
He talked about the upcoming Christmas party and how excited he was for it. I decided it was time for some petty revenge. I raised my hand and said, just wondering how much we've accumulated this year for the Christmas party from print jobs. He looked so confused and asked me to explain what I meant, so I told him our manager's rule. He got really quiet and said he'd have to review this. The next day, my manager sent an email saying the printing rule was something she was misinformed on and would be abolished immediately. Me, being the little shit disturber I am, hit reply all and asked what would happen to the already accumulated funds. Someone else said we should have a nice healthy fund for a pizza lunch and everyone agreed. The next day I hear my manager ordering 10 pizzas for lunch. Also used her own personal credit card to pay for it. Do I think she was pocketing the printing money all along? Oh, absolutely. But it was fun making her sweat and then having to spend nearly $300 the next day to make up for it. Well, guys, thank you very much for being here, as always. I really appreciate it when you come and listen to our podcast. We, of course, will be bringing you more fantastic episodes very shortly. Every Monday and Friday, there's an episode, and every Wednesday, an episode goes up on our Patreon. So until the next episode, dear listeners, thank you so much, and I will see you in the next one. O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.